We know the location of an all-star game, and we have another event in Lexington. We'll talk about it all this week on the Indieball Report Podcast. Yeah, right. We are back again. Episode number 194 of the Indie Bar Report podcast. I'm Nick. He's Will. And um, as we said last week, it was going to be tough to get somebody on. So we didn't do that. We'll just be upfront about it because when it's Thanksgiving week, people tend to have plans. So it's kind of tough to get that happening. But we do have a little bit of news, even though, again, being Thanksgiving week, it's a, it's a slow week. They're going to happen. And uh, we do have all-star game news. We have Lexington news, and then we are managing to backtrack a little bit to talk about Charleston. Yep, you know, it's uh, one of those off-season weeks, but, you know, still still a couple things to talk about. Exactly. I mean, we we make it work, right? Plus, not all the shows are going to be hour-long behemoths. Sometimes they're going to be, like, 35, 40 minutes. And besides, I'm sure we'll find somebody to drag onto this show next week, so... We'll try and make that work, and if it doesn't, then it doesn't, but we're going to make it work. So, uh, With that said, enough beating around the bush. We might as well just jump right into the show uh, and get to what news we do have. And that news starts in Windy City with the Frontier League All-Star Game. The Crestwood Southside Chicago Town is going to host for the first time in about 20 years. Uh, the Windy City Thunderbolts were announced earlier this week to host the 2023 All-Star Game. It's a three-day celebration. Interesting enough, it falls Monday through Wednesday, which seems like some interesting dates, and I I have some thoughts on that. But we have a standard All-Star Game on the 12th. On the 11th, we have something I've wanted for quite some time, which is a skills competition. And uh, then there's going to be some sort of an event on the 10th. I don't quite know what that's going to be. But, you know, we'll wait and see on it. But we do have that all-star skills competition. And we have the all-star game, which are both typically fun events. And I almost wonder here, Will, and I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts on all of this. But do you wonder that they almost said, we don't know what the attendance is going to be like. And normally it's a coin flip at these types of things. So let's toss it on the beginning of the week so that way we're not wasting prime dates on an all-star game. Um, I don't know. It's, it's to be honest with you, like for an all-star game, regardless, you would think you would want to, uh, you would think you'd want to put it on the weekend. I, I don't know. Like I've never, I don't think I've seen like an, an all-star game be put uh, on a Wednesday, like I can understand that perspective, but then like, if you're thinking about that and saying that, oh, well, the attendance isn't going to be great anyway, so let's not waste the prime date. Fine. But then why is it in Windy City? So uh, then why did you, uh, elect to put the all-star game in Windy City? I mean, there's some good parts about this for sure. I mean, I like the skills competition. It's a cool idea. Um, it's like another example of the Frontier League trying to kind of get out, get out ahead of things and, uh, kind of be a little unique. But at the same time, the, the Wednesday All-Star game is, is a bit odd, uh, to say the least. And I think that, um, and if you're, if you are at a point where you're saying, Hey, you know, we don't want to waste a prime date, 
uh, for like the teams, for like the teams and their actual like home dates. I guess I can understand that, but then my counter would be, well, if that's how you feel about what your attendance would be at an All Star game, you probably shouldn't have put it at uh, at this at this uh, at this venue. So I don't know. I that's the it's a little confusing, and that's I mean that's probably the only thing I could think of. It's just it's just kind of weird because you would think that you'd want to put it on the weekend so that people you know around the Chicago area can uh can go of course but then also people from outside it as well so uh but really tough to do that when you put it on the all-star game uh on a Wednesday see the only two thoughts I have are one I don't think these things would do well and just about anywhere I mean we've seen it in the past where all-star games are always so so with attendance so I mean yeah I think if you were to put on the weekend you do a lot better uh that's just by nature of people typically don't care the teams that are playing they just kind of care for an event and this certainly is an event so i guess the thinking is if it is the kind of draw that you hope it for you put it on dates that won't draw well anyway as opposed to wasting a date where you know friday night's going to draw no matter what so you might as well throw one of your own regular games there i also don't really know how and if there even is any kind of a revenue sharing when they host an all-star game, I imagine not. I imagine Windy City gets the full revenue because it is at their building. They're putting on the expenses. They're putting on the, the show. They're getting everybody in there. They're taking care of that. So if they're the ones taking care of all of that, then I imagine they get to keep the profit from it. But again, that said, I do think that's part of it where it's all-star games are always hit and miss for attendance. So if it's hit and miss for attendance, you might as well put it on for the middle of the week where you'd have another hit or miss type of date. That, and I also think too, if you put it for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, that allows Thursday to be a day where everybody gets to go back to their own teams and you can start your weekend Friday, Saturday, Sunday series, business as usual, no problems whatsoever. So nobody misses the Friday, Saturday, Sunday date. If you put it like, like I said, like even Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, as you're playing for your All-Star game, that means there's exactly one game on a Friday across the whole league, no games on Saturday, and then you're, are you going to really play a one game, like a one-off one game on Sunday before you have your Monday off day for travel? I mean, like that's just not going to work. So then the next logical thing becomes, all right, well, we'll use Friday, Saturday, Sunday for the you know, competition, all-star game, uh, skills comp, and the, and the all-star game itself, which is fine because then you have the Monday off to get everybody back there, but it also seems like a waste of the weekend. So that means then you got to kind of look elsewhere. And if you're looking elsewhere, then it's like, okay, well, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday's probably your next best way to avoid losing those three prime dates. So maybe that's more it. It's just like a simple business decision where everybody can still have the three best days of your week if we put it in the very beginning of the week. That way, you're only losing, if anything, the four days that aren't doing well. I, I think that would have to be it. And I would think it has to be um, a business decision. I just, you know, it's it, you said that all-star game attendance is, is uh, hit and miss, which is true. But at the same time, are you kind of taking away a lot of the chances for a hit if you put it on a Wednesday or if they're just willing to just, you know, just take it on that? But, um, 
I guess that night would probably be straight profit, but which is which is good. Mm. But I, uh, I don't know. It's but still putting it on a Wednesday makes it seem tough, and I I don't know how fans who maybe aren't in the Chicago area would be able to travel in if there you know if there would be that many who want to do that. Um, so I, it, it's interesting. You know, I would have to think that there's some sort of reasoning behind it um, that would cause them to put this uh, to put it on a put it on a Wednesday and and of course the Tuesday skills competition as well and you know I guess it's in the summer so you can still get kids to the ballpark but still it's it, it, a weeknight kind of makes it tough it definitely does but I mean it it still is possible to work it like you said so. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how well attended it is. That said, let's talk a little bit about what they're going to be seeing when they attend. And what they're going to be seeing is, you know, the All-Star game on day two, which is the All-Star competition, the skills competition, which is something I think we've talked about on this show a lot. And something I know I've been a big advocate for. So let's talk about that and then we'll get to the actual game itself because the game itself is pretty straightforward, pretty simple. Uh, July 11th, it's the Tuesday. Skills competition starts at 6.30. There's going to be four teams and five events. Each team is going to represent a local charity, and they're going to compete in the following events. Uh, bump placement, spray hitting, uh, throwing accuracy for outfielders and catchers, and then it's going to finish with the home run derby as the final event. And each charity is going to get money based on their team's performance. So if charity A is represented by team A, and team A say wins the spray competition, finishes second in bunt, third place in each of the throwing, and then they finish in last place for uh, for the home run derby. They'll get last place money for home run derby, third place for the accuracy, first place for the spray, and second place for the bunt. You know they'll get that kind of money, and ultimately, I imagine there's going to be money handed out for each of the winners, and then probably runner-up positions will will get some for that too. Uh, the charity continues on day two or day three, rather, on the twelfth with the All Star game. It's going to be a straightforward East versus West. Uh, each team is going to represent a charity, and then those charities themselves will also compete on the field too. And they will get money based off of how well their team does and how well the charity competing does. So obviously, let's just use charity A and B again. A is represented by the West. B is represented by uh, the East, and and those teams do well, those charities will do well, but charities A and B will also compete in on-the-field events as well to try and generate some money just in case, you know. Maybe the West just kind of shits the bed and they don't do well. It's still like, okay, we want some money going to this charity as well, so let's go ahead and uh, and have them competing. Plus, it, it provides some uh, in-between inning entertainment. And in case anyone cares... The superstars are also going to be there on All Star Wednesday, so keep that in mind. The, I really like the idea of the skills competition just because it's something different uh, than just the home run derby. And it's trying to make it's trying to stretch out All Star Weekend um, into two nights, and you're trying to have more. Obviously, the game kind of speaks for itself and can yeah. stand alone. But on the but the first end. You want to have more than just like the home run derby. You want to have you want to have at least something that can draw the fans' interest that you're there for more than just like an hour, an hour and a half. Um, and you could for you know kind of encourage fans to buy tickets for it. I think the skills competition is a great idea to do it. Of course, like um, 
just like the the spray competitions as well as the bunting. It's more of what you see, I guess, in other countries. Uh, just mm-hmm. kind of the the kind of the skills competition, uh, and of course the home run derby at the end is where you want. But I think that um, I, I I think the skills competition in and of itself is a uh, is a really good idea. Um, just because you're trying to add more into that first day that could try and draw fans to the ballpark. And I think that the skills competition kind of draws everything up, uh, kind of drums everything up. It keeps the players engaged. It keeps the fans engaged as well. Uh, so I think, I, I think it's a good idea. Um, and I think you'll see it'll be, it, it'll be, it'll turn out a lot better, I think, than just doing, um, a straight, a straight up home run derby. And of course the charity aspect to it, um, is, uh, is a cool idea too. Uh, I think that, um, having, uh, having different charities being able to benefit as a result of the on field stuff is, is, is a cool add to it. But yeah, I mean, the skills competition I'm a really big fan of. I think that, uh, that you just needed to add something that's more than just the home run derby that night. And I think they did it quite well. Yeah, no, I I agree with that a lot. I've been an advocate for it for a couple reasons. One, it's also the best part of a lot of other leagues, All Star Weekend. I mean, we've talked in the past, you know, when you get to the, you know, major league level for a lot of these leagues, NHL, NFL, uh, MLB, even to an extent. Once the game really doesn't mean anything, and you have it in the middle of your season, and a lot of guys are like, hey, you know, maybe I don't try as hard. In this particular instance, you know. Obviously, all these guys are trying hard because you never know who's going to be watching. And if it's an all-star game, you're probably going to have a higher concentrate of scouts there to watch it because these are supposedly the best players in this league. You're going to want to scout that. So I already figured if you're going to have scouts there, why not have a skills competition? A, for fans, like you said, well, it's more entertaining. I mean, it kind of makes day one worthwhile for attending, right? Before, if it's just a home run derby and maybe one or two other kind of on-field events, it's kind of like, well, what am I really doing here? I'm showing up for a home run derby, and that's about it. I mean, like, it better run pretty long. It's, you know, it's not going to just be me driving out somewhere for a 40-minute, 90-minute long home run derby. That just doesn't make any sense to do that. So when you add those other skill components, it is more entertaining, A. And B, and the bigger thing for me is, I mentioned those scouts a second ago. If they're all there, you might as well have a showcase for the all-star players. Make it worthwhile for them to have to pay their way to get to this all-star game, right? Like, let the scouts see these guys try to bunt. Let the scouts see these guys try to field. Let these scouts see their full range of hitting ability. Let them get a full showcase in there so that way they can see both an in-game situation with these guys and just kind of an out-of-game, go-through-each-thing, showcase workout, you know? And that's essentially what this skill case is going to be for a lot of guys. They have that opportunity here. All the better that it's for charity. All the better that fans are going to be entertained by it. Like, this just makes a lot of sense to do, and I really do like having that kind of thing here because, A, like, like you said, from a business perspective, it provides more to day one and actually incentivizes you to buy tickets to day one. And... Like I said, it helps the players out a lot. So I really do like the skills competition. I think I'm going to be interested to see the charity integration on day two. Uh, I don't know how that's going to happen. I'm not sure if we're just going to have like in between innings, have a couple of small events for these charities to run like one or two people out there to compete in. I'm not sure we're going to have like 
challenge innings where like let's say in the second inning if you know either pitcher strikes out the side there's another two thousand dollars that goes to a charity i'm not sure if we're going to see something like that or if it's just going to be straight up okay for every run scored it's going to be 125 dollars to a charity or if it's just going to be even simpler than that and just be like okay the winning team's going to get five grand for their charity you know something like that so i'll be interested to see how all that plays out but it is nice to see the charity integration i agree with you with that and i like the showcase element of this i think it's all overall very entertaining and i think it's something that i'm going to be very excited to see actually happen and uh, i wouldn't mind going out to chicago for it i'm just not sure how feasible it is because like we were just discussing i mean uh it being in the middle of the week is a tough one and it also being in chicago and i'm a basically new york it's not exactly an easy sell either no not really not not a super easy sell at least from at least from where we are but you bring up a good point i I think as well about the uh about the scouting end of things and um and you know obviously scouts want to see the game as well as, as as the batting practice before but i think there's there's other things that Maybe you want to see, and you're kind of you're kind of running it less like a competition, but literally more like a showcase and like a workout. Um, and uh, and I think it was uh, I, I think it's a really good idea, and so I think it, I think the scouts who are there will probably uh, will, will probably appreciate it, just seeing more uh, more of what the players can do, and it's kind of more run like uh, more run like a workout. Uh, so I think that's, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a good idea. And I think that, uh, I think I, I like the skills competition aspect to it. Just not a huge fan of it being in the middle of the week, but you know, I've made that my point clear on that. Yeah, exactly. I think in a different setup or from a different time, it would have been a lot more feasible to put it towards the end of the week. But again, from the business angle, we, we discussed that to death. We made that clear why that has to be, but yeah, overall, I do like this setup a lot. Hopefully it does well. Hopefully this is kind of the format going forward. And uh, I will say one thing before we move on to Lexington and Charleston, which is I'm almost surprised that we didn't see an attempt to get this all-star game to Hinchcliffe. I understand there's a lot more, you know, moving parts involved in that. There's more than just the Frontier League and... Um, and the Jackals involved in getting it there. You have to go through the Patterson School Board. You got to go through a couple other pieces as well. And you got to fit it in. And I, I get everything. I, I totally get it. It's not just a simple one, two, three. But that said, I think it would have been really cool to put it in Hinchcliffe, to have an all-star game at Hinchcliffe. That would have been something that I think would have been really interesting to see and kind of explore. So, you know, I'll be curious to see that. If we could get that at some point over the next three or four years, if we can manage to get an all-star game in Hinchcliffe, I think you'd be able to set up something very intriguing. I understand last year's in Washington kind of had the Negro League feel to it because they all wore the jerseys. They had the Josh Gibson Foundation. They had all of that there. So you're going to want to play on the Negro League history with Hinchcliffe, obviously. But you don't want to do that in back-to-back years because it does seem like a real copy-and-paste job if you do. So I understand that element of it. But I'd be interested to see if they couldn't manage to work something out like that because it just feels like the the best kind of opportunity to put that All-Star game right in the shadow of New York 
in a historic venue that just finished its renovations. I feel like you just, you have a tailor made there, right? Like that has to happen at some point. Yeah, it's got to happen at some point. And I think it'll, it'll come, uh, I think it's going to come really soon. I, I guess they probably just didn't want to do it in year one. Um, but to be honest with you, I think as soon as like next year, potentially, I could I could definitely see that happening. I think that's honestly something that has to happen. Mm. That would be it'd be nice to see that. So we'll wait and we'll see on it. Who knows? Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. But hopefully it will. And on that note, we will shift gears to the Lexington Legends, who, as some of you are probably aware, have been sold. They were sold a couple months back. I believe it was. I think it was, what was it, a month ago or two months ago about. And uh, now the new ownership group is trying to get some fan feedback. So if you are interested in the fan feedback, there is a survey that they're doing, trying to get a good gauge, whether you're a fan of the Legends, not a fan of the Legends, in Lexington, not in Lexington, thoughts on Central Kentucky as a whole. Um, If you want to do the survey, you can do the survey. And then once you're done, you can register to do a virtual or in-person for lack of a better word or phrase, it's it's kind of town hall meeting. If people are familiar with those, uh, it's essentially you're going to log on or go to the ballpark in person. Uh, one of the dates, we'll give you the dates and the times in a second. And you get a chance to kind of voice your ideas and concerns and your comments to new ownership uh, headed by uh, Nathan Lyons. Uh, he's the guy that owns it. He's the Nashville developer. We talked about all of this with Ryan uh, about, what was it, two, three weeks ago, I believe it was, when we had Ryan on. And if you want, you can go back and listen to that episode when you're done here uh, to get more details on this whole Lexington sale. But uh, this is a nice step to see. They're going to have three of these events. Two are virtual, once in person. The first one is December the 1st. That's going to be at 6 o'clock and run until 7.30. And then there's going to be one later in the week on the 6th. That is a Tuesday uh, from 12 to 1 p.m. Obviously a lot harder for a lot of people, being that that's right in the middle of the working day for both students and working people. So that's not exactly a great time to have it. And then there's also one final in-person one on the 10th of December from 2 to 3.30. That is at Wild Health Field. So if you want to go to the ballpark itself and and talk and meet uh, this group, you can do so there. I do like this. I think it's a nice change. It's a good way to kind of get a feel for like what the community wants, what's their experience been. It's a lot of boots on the ground information gathering, you know, you hear it directly from the horse's mouth, so to speak. And I do think that is a positive way with the survey as well. You can kind of piece all of the information together. Now, what this leads to, what's the greater plan? I don't know. Maybe this is just one of those. We already have our plan, but let's do some public PR work here and kind of, you know, present a face. I don't know, but at the very least, it seems like a good gesture. I'll go in with an open mind on it, and hopefully this will be a much welcome change of pace for Lexington, and hopefully uh, we won't have any more ballpark shootings. Yeah, that would certainly be a good uh, that would certainly be a good start, but I think that uh, it's good that they're listening, for sure. Um, it, it's definitely a good sign to, he- to hear that, they, that they're listening to the fans and because obviously something 
you know, hasn't been right here, and they've tried, they've tried a lot of things um, over the last couple of years, and not all of them have worked. And of course, and you, you definitely know that the market of Lexington is a good one. They've showed it, uh, but I think that uh, they're still clearly uh, it's something wasn't great last year, and. Uh, and you're looking, of course, the new ownership group looking into the future of what they, you know, can imagine this this uh, this space, this ballpark experience to be, which is which is really important. So I think it, it's a good idea to have to have uh, give fans the opportunity uh, outside of them kind of seeking it out themselves to try and uh, try and get some um, to try and get some opinions and whatnot, and so they can kind of make their voice heard and see like what like what the the actual what is keeping like the people of Lexington from coming to the ballpark a lot or what do maybe the people who do come a lot what do they want to see next with a new ownership group so it's it's really it's really good that they're listening now is it genuine listening or is it kind of just like PR and checking the box like you said guess we'll have to see you'd hope it's the former uh but I think that um as long as the ownership group is is um actively willing to listen uh, and to what the fans want and try and uh, make changes based on that, I think that's a good sign. If it's more of just like a PR thing and they know what they're doing, well, I guess what they'll see what that what that plan is, but you'd certainly want to take what the people uh, of Lexington, uh, who are obviously interested in enough interested enough to, uh, to make their voice heard in all this, uh, obviously that means they're passionate about this, so uh, you, you would hope that they definitely take those voices into consideration. Definitely. And I think that's a good point you bring up where it is kind of a go-getter approach to go actively seek it out. And that's probably a good sign towards it being more genuine than in than insincere. So hopefully they do kind of take what they're told to heart and hopefully they do something with it. And uh, yeah, in the end, it's probably a better sign and probably... Probably something that's, you know, going to be good. I mean, I, I currently, too, keep in mind, they have like two or three employees as well. So maybe this is even just to try and find uh, an employee base to work with. Uh, but overall, though, it will be interesting to see how that plays out. I don't think there's too much more to say on it. But, yeah, it's a good start and good thing to see here. So uh, with that said, we'll move over to Charleston now which is the last little piece of news for the day. Like we said, it's not going to be too long of a show, but that's going to happen in the offseason. Uh, Appalachian Power Park has been renamed to Go Market Park. This happened a couple weeks back, and a lot of this news is a couple weeks old. I think in the case of the next little piece here, too, it's going to be a month old. Uh, it just kind of got caught up because we were talking to people, and there was other news to discuss, so... This is kind of a good chance to get caught up here. So like I said, Appalachian Power Park, home of the Charleston Dirty Words and prior the West Virginia Power, has been renamed Go Market Park. Uh, first new name since the ballpark's inception in 2005. It's a pretty minor change here, but it is a change nonetheless. And likewise, Jeremy Taylor has been named GM. He was the GM in 2019, left, and now has come back. So uh, they bring Jeremy Taylor back as GM, and they got a new name in the ballpark. So, yeah. Nothing too major here, but uh, worth mentioning at least. Yeah, worth mentioning, and uh, you know, of course, with with Taylor as the new GM, uh, and uh, he, he was working with the West Virginia Power as well when they were uh, uh, when they were not in the Atlantic League franchise. So 
I, I think that, uh, I think, you know, it seems like, uh, seems like a good hire. He's familiar with the Charleston community as well. Uh, and then, you know, the, the renaming of the ballpark is, you know, yeah. is the renaming of the ballpark. So, uh, I think that, uh, of course, with the GoMart Incorporated, GoMart ballpark, I guess there, there could be worse, like, yeah. sounding names. It but, is a downgrade, though. I mean, Appalachian Power Park sounds better. I mean, Power Park is, like, as a shortened, is way better than, like, oh, let's head over to Go Market or let's head yeah. over to Ballpark. You know, I mean, like, eh, the Power Park sounds better. Yeah, it sounds pretty badass. But yeah. Go Mart Ballpark, not as cool. But I guess there could, it, it could be Fairfield Properties Ballpark. So. Oh, God. Oh, God. Nothing could be better than Fairfield Properties Ballpark. Yeah. But I mean, if they could make some money on it, you know, on the naming rights deal, then have at it. So mm-hmm. that's my uh, that's my views on it. Could be Ozinga Field too. What's that? It could be Ozinga Field. Ozinga Field. Yes. Do you know so who could, plays at Ozinga Field? I I probably should know this, but I don't. The Windy City Thunderbolts, hosts that's of the 2023 true. World <laughs> Frontier Ozinga. League. Yeah, what is Ozinga? I think it's a bank. I honestly don't know, though. That's the thing. Like, for a lot of these companies, I see why they're buying, like, ballpark uh, advertising. Because, it, you know, it helps get your name mentioned every time there's an event there. But at the same point in time, I don't know what you are. So I don't really think it's that helpful to uh, to know this information, right? Like, it's the perfect example would be, like, with the Colts and Lucas Oil Stadium. Like, I don't need Lucas Oil. This is not helping me at all. Or, like, if you see the best one currently is FTX Exchange Arena <laughs> in Miami, which is going very well. It's American Airlines Arena to the real ones. It's going to be Miami Arena soon. I mean, FTX is bankrupt. And their founders stole money. So, allegedly stole money. But, uh... Yeah, that's a problem. So, those crypto exchange arenas, they're not going to be doing so hot in about five years. But we all knew that. Just like, it's still going to be this Staples Center in LA. You could call it what you want. Of course. And Giant Stadium, still Giant Stadium. So, I agree with that, too. Yeah. I guess I should probably talk about Charleston briefly. Uh, yeah, I like bringing Jeremy Taylor in. Hopefully, this can kind of solve the attendance issues because you now have a guy that's worked in this market, grew up in West Virginia as well. So that's certainly helpful when you have a guy that knows West Virginia to manage West Virginia. That's going to be useful. I would like to see some some new innovation here to try and, like I said, get people to the ballpark, help out with the attendance there. It'd be nice to have a, a strong slate of teams in the Atlantic League. Uh, obviously, it's been a little rough for them as of recent, but it's still a strong league nonetheless. So hopefully Taylor can help out with the Dirty Birds operation there. And the ballpark name is the ballpark name. I think we discussed that enough. But I just thought um, being able to say go, we're heading down to the app for a ball game sounds way better than we're heading down to Go Market for a ball game. Which, uh, yeah, it just feels like Go Mart is just like, isn't me or like the first thing I think of is like go karting. No, I, I can see how you would think about it like that. Like go kart ballpark. Yeah. Like, that's fun. Yeah. We, could, we could just call it Go-Kart Ballpark on the show, because that sounds fun. I mean, really? I think that's what we should be doing. We should be calling it the uh, the Go-Kart. 
Yeah, GoMart's not paying us for the sponsorship, so we can call it GoCart. Exactly. I mean, they want to pay for a sponsorship, then by all means, that's a different discussion that we'll then be Then I will having. drop in GoMart, like, once a sentence. Exactly. I mean, like, the next so- the next segment will be sponsored by, and, you know, I'll sponsor each segment if I can. I mean, hell, pay my bills. Do it for me. Make it so I don't have to spend my own money on this. Yeah, exactly. Let me spend somebody else's money. But, uh, yeah, we don't have anything else to talk about this week. That's why we're just kind of going off on, on one of our tangents again. Because we're at the end of the road. There's no real news here. They never really come out with news on Thanksgiving week. So it's just not going to happen. There's some decent Black Friday deals. If you guys want Indie Ball merchandise, go check it out. I know Missoula has like a 20% off of your order. Um... High point, I think, was at 30%. Some of the other places are are doing some nice stuff there as well. I know that Tri-City is uh, doing a jersey sale, too. I'm picking one up. It's going to say Law Firm on the back. Anyone that's doubting me, that's why you should be following the social medias because I'm going to post a picture of what it, once it gets in where it says Law Firm and 18 on the back. And you know... You, you could just bet money that when he comes to the tri-state, I'm going to show up at one of those games with that law firm jersey, and I'm going to do my best to interview the man. And then just be like, hey, dude, you want to sign my law firm jersey? And I think he'll be down. I'm sure he would be. Yeah. Frankly, I want to get the law firm on this show. I think that'd be fun. Because I have to ask if he knows about this. Because I feel like it's impossible for him to not know at this point. Yeah, I, I feel like, I don't, you know, actually, I don't know. Because I feel like in at least in passing, he would have had to seen it. And the official yeah. Tri-City account has picked up on this, too. They're yeah, in on the this. law firm. Yeah, so they've tweeted about the law firm coming in. And in fact, they tag us now when he comes into a ball game, which I appreciate a lot. Uh, but if he even just keeps like a passing glance at the Twitter, he has seen this and he knows the relation. And I feel like if you see this like two or three times, you eventually ask, like, what's the deal with this? And then somebody has to know and tell you. Yeah, I would think, yeah, I think there's a chance he knows. Uh, There's a decent chance. Yeah, I think there's a good chance. Yeah. So I'm just saying, I think it's it's the kind of thing we need to explore. I'd love to just get him on the show and just ask this outright. Question one, are you familiar with the nickname? That, that's the only appropriate question I want, honestly. Honestly, it's the only question I'll ask him. Are you familiar with the nickname? If he says yes, we like, okay, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Yep, that's the, that's the thing people want to know. Exactly. One question, then we're done. But, yeah, I guess we'll get to the plugs and get out of here now. So that way everyone else can get on with their day, because I don't think they want to hear us ramble too much. Uh, so if you want to find the show, you could do so wherever you find podcasts. So tune in, Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Amazon Music, all the major ones were on there. Rate, review, subscribe if you can. Um, likewise, while Twitter's around, follow us on Twitter at IndieBallPod. And whilst uh, you're following things, you can follow the Instagram pages, ALPB underscore news and uh, IndieBallReport on uh, Instagram. All those out there. Uh, I said I was going to be getting some articles out for the website, IndiePowerPort.com. Show notes are also on there, too, amongst other things. We are going to be getting that stuff out there. It's just I have a lot of stuff going on. I'm getting over the flu. 
I got applications I got to submit. There's a bunch of stuff happening here. Plus, there's typical holiday stuff. It's slowing me down on getting it up. I'm not going to lie to you. My goal is to get it up by the new year because I think that's a very realistic goal that I can try and accomplish. So with that said, that's the goal. We're going to try to get a coaching carousel article up. We probably should start doing like those division reviews like I said we were going to do back in October. So we may start doing that. I think that would probably be good for slow weeks too. Just kind of go over team. So we'll try to keep it newer. We'll try to keep it fresher. So be sure to uh, listen for that, I guess. Uh, That said, do we have anything else left to add? U.S. men's national team winning in against Iran. I think that's a pretty good situation. So I'm hoping hoping they pull it out so they can stick it to all those all those Americans who claim to know who they claim to know soccer and they then they were just saying, oh, the U.S. See, because they think it's cool to say the U.S. has no chance and oh, they're yeah. wrong. So uh, so it could because saying like the U.S. has absolutely no chance against England and oh, Wales is so underrated and good or whatever. And because it's the cool thing to say that the U.S. is bad at soccer. So they can all high five and say that. Haha, ha, we know more soccer than you. It, it, it is something that really pisses me off, to be to honest. To be fair, you. those people never call it soccer. They call it football. You know, because yeah, it, it, no, it's soccer. And it, yeah. it, it, it annoys me. And so there, nothing would make me happier than to watch this U.S. And, you know, and no, I'm not, I am not some big soccer fan. Yes, I do watch the World Cup. So sue me. I, the, I, <laughs> I do think the World Cup is very interesting. No, I'm not going to watch the English Premier League. Uh, and I'm sorry, that's just how it's going to go. Uh, but I think that I, I, I hope they do it so I can stick it in, in the face of all the pundits who said that they had no chance in this, in this freaking group. And then they'll get into the knockout stage and then we'll see what happens from there. So I really hope they do it. I really hope they beat Iran. Uh, and so that, and they can get into the round of 16 because that would be fun. And also to stick it to all the people who claim who who claim to be such big soccer who claim to be such soccer experts and think it's cool to say that the US has no chance when they really do have a chance. So I hope they do it. I hope they beat Iran. Let's go US men's national team. Which I told you I'm looking forward to the US Iran game. I said this on that sh- on this show last week. US Iran, that's the game I want to watch. And now it means something because honestly we're good enough to not lose. And then that is just worthwhile in its own sense. And defensively, only one goal given up. Now, granted, only one goal scored is not great. But a pair of draws against the toughest opponents in the group is probably pretty good. And considering that Wales lost to Iran after we tied them, I feel pretty decent about it. Now, of course, it's a win and you're in. If we don't win, we're not in. And there's going to be some serious soul-searching if Iran gets to the knockout stage over the U.S., especially after a loss to Iran. But I think we can beat Iran because it's Iran. And, uh, yeah, I kind of expect to beat Iran. And it's a damn shame I have to work on Tuesday and I missed, like, the past week of work because I had the flu. Otherwise, I'd be playing hooky and trying to gather a watch party for soccer, which is never a thing I thought I would ever say or do. But here we are. So, yeah, go Team USA. And uh, there's a 50-50 chance I may just have the World Cup on in my phone whilst I'm working, which is not really a thing I'm supposed to do, but I also don't particularly care enough to not do it. 
Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm hoping for, I'm hoping for the best. I think they can do it, and I'm hoping they get to the knockout stages. Hmm. And being that we beat both the uh, UK teams, does this mean we can formally just call it soccer as a blank statement? I think yes. I, I'm, I'm still on the soccer train because football is football, soccer is soccer. Exactly. I mean, technically, it's association football. So there's like 50 different types of football. The U.S. version, American football, is just basically gridiron football. So, you know, it's it's really both right when you call them both football. But you need to differentiate where you have a different predominant type of football, as is the case in the U.S. So I got to agree with you. It is soccer. And like I said, if Wales and... The uh, England are unable to defeat the U.S. I'm sorry, Jack. It's soccer now. It's as simple as that. I mean, you got to yep, beat us. Exactly. It, you got to beat us. Exactly. Like this is like at best a tertiary, probably more like a fourth level sport in this country. So if we're not even sending our best premier athletes to this thing, while quite clearly England and Wales are doing that, I'm just saying. Imagine if we actually sent our A-level athletes from the time they were young to train for soccer. We'd be nasty. Exactly. We'd be really good. But the thing is, instead, they're like, nah, we're going to go play football or basketball or baseball or any other sport that's, you know, kind of more well-known. Which what's funny, though, is if you were trying to, like, make a shit ton of money playing a sport soccer is probably the way to go on it because there's so many professional clubs throughout europe and you know just kind of the world in general that you could absolutely do that and with my understanding is you'd have the whole youth academy thing you could probably if you're in a major american city get picked up by an mls team and if you're even like remotely decent by the time you're 16 or 17 you'll probably be on your way to europe before you're 20 and if you do right. well in Europe, I mean, you're going to be making, what, nine figures probably? Yeah. So, like, that's more money than you can make in just about any other North American league. Like, you're there's just no way you're making that in hockey. That's just not going to happen. If you're in basketball, yeah, you could probably get a max contract or something like that. But you have to be, like, a solid starter to get, you know, like a $100 million plus dollar deal. Then if we're looking at baseball, like, yeah, you see those contracts handed out, but you're really not making that like upper echelon money unless you're basically Aaron Judge, uh, Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, Shohei Otani. And I imagine DeGrom's going to get a, a nice ticket too. But like, those are like the top guys. Like you got to be a top 25 player to be getting nine figures, right? So now we're looking like, okay, football, who's getting that kind of money in football? Pretty much quarterbacks and that's it. And even then, it's like franchise quarterbacks. It's like, what would you say, seven quarterbacks that you could reasonably say, I will pay them $100 million over the lifetime of this contract and feel good about this, that this will be a good investment for my club, you know? Yeah, yeah. In football or soccer, it's going to wind up being, you know, a lot more just because there's more teams that have that kind of money and are willing to do that. So I'm just saying, like, if you were just saying, I just want to shotgun the sport that is going to be my best meal ticket soccer is the way to go on it i would agree with that yeah yeah so financially speaking so thus ends the association soccer report this week uh go usa we'll have more news next week and hopefully we'll have an interview next week 
If we do, you'll know because we'll put it on the social medias that we plug. Follow us there. And until next time, don't forget to play ball.